welcome to episode 82 of Cowboys Ride for Free, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield, and as always, I'm joined by Philip Slavin. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm actually sitting at work on my lunch break, trying to make sure we get this out before we all go our separate ways uh, for the holiday. Yeah, absolutely. I got up early this morning, made the uh, four and a half hour drive from Stillwater all the way to Lansing, Kansas. Met my parents' house. Just got back about 20 minutes ago, so got set up and we're ready to roll. Yeah, I've got a five-hour a, a five drive from here to Tulsa. Well, really do a Wasa awaiting me uh, this evening. So, All right, well, safe travels then. Uh, well, let's get right into it. So before we talk a little bit about the TCU game, it was announced yesterday that Oklahoma State in about seven years will play Oregon in a home-and-home home series in 2025 and 2026. Despite the fascination with playing big Pac-12 teams, um, Philip, what do you think about this? I mean, I think it's a great series. I wish it had happened sooner, but I think it's a great series. At this point, and it's hard to project to 2025. I mean, that's so far down the line. Uh, what the two teams will be like, who the head coaches will be. But it, you could look at it if, as if the programs are continuing on their trajectory, that's a really, really good series. That's a that's a prime time uh, ABC kind of showcase in, in both years, uh, as long as... I mean, you assume Oregon's still going to be good. You assume Oklahoma State will be good if Gundy's still here. So I like seeing it on the schedule. It's so far out, it's hard to really give it a fair judgment because there's just so many things that could happen between now and then. But I do like seeing them schedule. It's better than we have Oregon State the next two years, like yeah. of the Oregons. Also, why do we have Oregon and Oregon State on the schedule? Why did we play Arizona and have Arizona State? What's our fascination with Pac-12 schools? Like yeah, I don't know. It's, it's we weird. We had Washington we State. Play a lot Before. of bowl games against them too. Well, that's because we always end up out yeah. west, and that's just that just happens. That's not right. But yeah, no, I think it's a great opportunity, especially for Oklahoma State, even you know that far forward. But I like that they're starting to schedule more good Power Five schools in their non-conference, as we're going to see with Arkansas in a few years, and hopefully they can rebound from the horrendous season they're having right now. But I think that's another good one to have, you know, especially in the playoff, which apparently values, you know, non-conference schedules and who you're playing. No, it doesn't. I said said apparently, but it really doesn't. No, it doesn't. It schedule is either way. If schedule mattered, um, the schedule matters so much in the playoff. Why do the two uh, conferences that only play eight conference games always get in, and everybody else is kind of uh, like, don't talk to me about scheduling matters. I don't want to. I don't want to hear it. That's that's hot garbage. I digress. Um, I think I it's do want to say Oklahoma State playing. No, no, no. And stuff. one other point to make about that is, I'm really glad it's a home and home. Yes. If you really go look at OSU's non-conference scheduling outside of Georgia, and to some extent Boise State, OSU's best non-conference games, Florida State and Mississippi State, were both neutral site games. That Florida State game is still the best one they've ever had. It was a neutral site. You look at Oregon State, Arizona State. Maybe Arizona State's good with Herm Edwards when they get here, but I mean, maybe Arkansas rebounds. But looking at the non-conference games Oklahoma State has had during Gundy's era, that Oregon one could be, at worst, the third best we've had, and it's a home-and-home, as it should be. I'm I'm so happy that's home-and-home and and not a one-off one year in Dallas. Like, that's, that's something... As a fan who wants to buy tickets and go to games, Oregon at home, oh, man, that is – that's going to be, be awesome. Fun. That's, that's going to be, be awesome. really fun. I don't care yeah. that it's, you know, eight, nine years, eight years down the road. That's still going to be really fun to talk about and be really fun to watch. 
Yeah, I'll be too old to actually walk up Boone Pickens <laughs> the stairs at Boone Pickens Stadium at that point for that game. I'll have to like sit down in the bottom row because I can't make it up with my walker. But I'm glad that it's it's on the schedule. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun when we get there. Um, all right, let's move into the game on uh, Saturday against TCU. Seven o'clock primetime game on Fox. Um, you know, Oklahoma State they clinched their bowl eligibility last week with a win against West Virginia. Uh, with a win in this game, TCU clinches theirs. So this is, there's a lot at stake here for them. Um, I wouldn't necessarily see Oklahoma State's playing with house money at this point, but I do think, and I still expect them to come out motivated, kind of coming off the high of the win against West Virginia. Do you think there's any chance that TCU? I mean, obviously, I think there's a chance, but how good do you think are TCU's chances in this game? Well, I, and here's the honesty. I think TCU's defense is still good, and their offense is awful. If you look back at their past few games, they're winning games like 20-17, to 17-14. Like they need low-scoring games. They have their third-string quarterback is going to be starting. Uh, now, they, this is – he'll be his first time starting – Known to be starting, it's Grayson Muelstein. Um, Muelstein, I don't know how to pronounce it. Something like that. Yeah. He's a he's a a, a fifth year senior. There's a lot of similarities between him and Cornelius, a guy that's been around the program for a long time, getting his opportunity to do something um, big for TCU, which would get them to a bowl game. Um, and I, the difference between last week and this week is, you know, he's the starter this week. Uh, he can move around. He he does have some some. He does have the ability to run. He is a true dual-threat quarterback. Now, I don't think he's great. There's a reason he's the third string. But he's not terrible. But you combine third-string quarterback, um, their top two running backs um, are were injured last week against Baylor. Their, their defense is beat up. I, there's, there's no reason to think TCU should win this game. And I don't think the outcome is necessarily going to be dependent upon how TCU plays. It's which Oklahoma State team shows up. Does the OSU team that beat Boise State, beat Texas, beat West Virginia, and nearly beat OU show up in Fort Worth on Saturday? Or does the OSU team who had 12 penalties against Baylor and was terrible at Kansas State show up? Which one shows up? Because if it's the good Oklahoma State, they win. And they win, I think, easily. To be honest, um, if the bad Oklahoma State team shows up, the one where they cannot get the offense going, they can't score any points and play straight into TCU's plan, um, this could be another cardiac cowboy moment where we're coming down to the end and just hoping for goodness that they don't blow it. OSU should win this game. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. This is definitely a winnable game. And I, I thought, you know, the, my my initial thought here is – we, I thought after the Texas game, going into Baylor, they'd be able to ri- kind of ride the high of it and be able to find a way to win and play disciplined football and continue to p- consistent play, and that just didn't happen. And they laid an egg in the, f- in the fourth quarter to lose that game. And I just – I'm hoping that we don't see the same thing again. Um, th- this is a game that I think if Oklahoma State can get to 7-5, and five, that's going to be huge. Um, TCU's defense is really good, but I think Oklahoma State's offense has been playing so well the last two weeks against really good competition. Um, I, I think that this is a this is a game that Oklahoma State should be able to win handily, mainly because I just don't think TCU's offense is going to be able to keep up, especially with a third-string quarterback in there. Now, Jalen Rager is a great offensive player, but he's about their only guy since Kevontae Turpin got kicked off the team. 
So I just don't know if they have enough weapons to be able to keep up. And I think with the way Oklahoma State's defense has played, they've been playing a lot better the last two weeks, especially staying, you know, away from committing just dumb penalties. I think especially with the way they played in the second half, if they can continue that style of play, I feel pretty good about this game. Yeah. Um, so TCU's last three wins were 17-14, 14-13, 16-9. Oh. Like that's, that's how TCU has to win. And if you go back and look at that Baylor game where Baylor had no business losing that game, right. none whatsoever, but Baylor played sloppy. The game plan was bad. The execution was bad. Uh, Baylor had three turnovers and, and that they just, Baylor's not good enough to overcome that kind of stuff. They give it against a team like TCU. So knowing who their quarterback is, knowing their top two running backs are out, knowing their defense is good, but if you play smart and scheme right and, and, and execute as long as OSU doesn't come out and shoot itself in the foot, I, I don't see that they lose this game. Now, I'm, I'm not sure. Like, I don't think they will win in a blowout. I don't see OSU running away in this game because I just I don't trust them on the road coming off a big win in this situation. Right. Like, There's no reason to based off what they've done this year. At this point, if you think OSU is going to come out and just whoop up on someone, I don't know what OSU team you, you must have been in a coma until this week and just right. thought, oh, yeah, it's, it's a bad TCU team. Now – there is the, the the issue of TCU got the win last week. They're five and six, and they are at home in a night game playing for bowl eligibility. They have something to play for. They really do, and, and that's that is something scary. But OSU has something to play for as well, and it's more than just respect. It's it's where they're going to go bowling. Mm-hmm. OSU, if they win on Saturday, will finish fifth in the Big Twelve. Think about that for a second. OSU will finish fifth behind. OU, West Virginia, Texas, and Iowa State if they win this game on Saturday. If they lose, they could finish as low as eighth. Yeah. Because they'd, help, they'd lose tiebreakers to uh, Kansas State if they beat Iowa State, TCU because they would have lost to them, and then whoever wins the Texas Tech Baylor game. So there's a lot there's a lot to play for for OSU beyond just getting a seventh win. Um, it's better to finish in the top five. It's good to end the regular season on a high note. Uh, and, and you you do are planning to go to as good a bowl game as you can get. I think win or lose, they're still looking at either the Liberty or the Texas Bowl. But you know those are the kinds of things that are in play. And you don't want to go lose your last game of the regular season to a TCU team that's bad, frankly. Yeah, I mean we've seen it all year where Oklahoma State's played up and down to their competition all season. Uh, and this is a case where I could see Oklahoma State having a letdown and playing down to a team that they are better than clearly. Um, I'm hoping to see something different because there's no reason for Oklahoma State to to lose this game, I don't think. But then again, we've seen crazier things happen this season, and they've lost games that they had no business losing, and they've won games they had no business winning. So this is going to be an interesting matchup, I think a night game. It's going to be – the atmosphere is going to be interesting if TCU comes out early – and, well, it's going to be terrible. Yeah. Interesting. I said, it's be a I said, terrible atmosphere. I said, I said interesting to try and keep it light, but you know, <laughs> no, it's going to be bad. Have you ever been to a TCU bad. game? There's going to be about 50 people in the stands. No, there'll be, there'll be about 15,000. It's just that 10,000 of those will be Oklahoma State fans. Yeah, you're probably right. So have you, have you ever been to a TCU game? I have not. No. Okay. So just being frank and, and I, you know, I, there are some TCU fans that I like, but as a fan base, they don't show up when TCU is good unless it's a game against like OU or Texas. They don't show up. And when TCU is bad, 
they definitely don't show up. I was there for the OSU TCU game in 2015 when OSU, I mean, the game was like 10 6 at halftime, and half of the already small crowd left at halftime. Ugh. It was a 10 6 game. Like, oh, TCU was down four points, and they still left. It's it's not going to be. I mean, it's a it's a. I know it's a night game on a Saturday, but it's Thanksgiving weekend. I don't I don't, I don't know that the crowd's crowd going to be very good. And if OSU gets up by ten points or more, that crowd will leave. They will they will go. They will not stick around. Yeah, if they can get the crowd whatever the crowd is there out of it early, then I think Oklahoma State should be able to run away with it. But. I just I'm not counting on Oklahoma State being able to pull away and win a game big unless it's against Kansas. That's about the only time we've really seen that all season. Maybe Boise State, but I wouldn't even consider that. Um, you know, I I could make a counterpoint argument and say that if you break the season into two halves, um, pre bye week and post bye week, that Baylor is actually an outlier since the yeah, bye week. I'd, I I agree. They played that. really well against Texas. The offense has been playing well. It wasn't perfect all game, but it was playing really well. They played a great game against OU. They played a, an okay game in the first half, but a great second half. Like you could argue that Baylor is the outlier of the second half and and maybe not maybe we shouldn't uh, assume that that's what's going to happen. Now, a lot of those are penalties. Mm-hmm. There is the point of it depends on what reps you get on Saturday and if they're going to let OSU play physical. But TCU plays physical defense as well. So, I mean, I'm, it's just something to keep an eye on. Absolutely. All right, so let's go into a little bit of basketball here. Oklahoma State's playing in the Advocare Invitational. They play at 2.30 on ESPN2 on uh, Thanksgiving Day, so tomorrow. Uh, yes. How do you think this game is going to go? And then it's looking like more than likely they'll play Villanova in the next round. And how do you feel about that game as well? Well, that's barring if they win. Yeah. Um, Villanova's opponent, which I believe is a Canisius, is terrible. So I would I would assume Villanova wins that game. Right. I know Villanova is not as good this year as they have been, but they're going to win that game. I don't think OSU beating Memphis is a is a sure thing. I don't think it is either. Um, Memphis uh, Memphis does a really good job scoring points off turnovers, and OSU's been turning the ball over a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that that concerns me. OSU is kind of living off 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 shots on the perimeter. They're they're shooting the three ball really well, and they're scoring a lot with the three ball. That's not. A formula for long-term success at some point you're gonna you're not gonna hit shots at some point you're gonna run into a team that's good defensively on the perimeter and they're just not scoring in the paint all that well i think that part of that is you've got youth uh, inside your, your centers are young they're freshmen they're still learning what to do and they so far the offense hasn't really it doesn't seem like they've really tried to get cam and griff into the paint as much as i think they should I think they've let him shoot um, some jumpers and, and from the perimeter more. So, uh, also, man, their free throw shooting's been it was it was really good in the first game against Charlotte. It's been okay since then. Yeah, and um, okay is not going to be ball games. No, um, I coming into the season, I thought that they should probably win this game uh, and face Villanova. I don't know if that's if that's a sure thing, and I don't know if I can pick Oklahoma State to beat Memphis in this first-round game. I, I'm still not sure what, what Memphis is yet. Uh, Penny Hardaway's in his first season as the head coach. 
Uh, there's been a lot of talk about his recruiting, but those stars and, and the number one player are coming till next year. So I think it's going to be a really, really close game. I do think if there's one thing that maybe goes in OSU's favor, it's that they've already played that true road game against Charlotte and they lost that game. Uh, and, and I have to think that that will maybe that experience will give them some amount of benefit having already played on the road. Uh, and that's, you know, that's on a true road game. This is a neutral site game. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping that helps them. But of course, Memphis has also played on the road. They played at LSU. So it's not like they're not familiar with a road game. Right. Yeah. I think so, teams, uh, having that road law, that true road loss already, they're going to know what to do, especially in a neutral site game. I feel like Oklahoma States can come out and at least, uh, you know, compete. I don't necessarily think they're going to win. You know, the, the phrase goes, you know, you live by the three, you die by the three. And while they're hitting shots now, there's going to be a game where they're just going to go ice cold. And Dezog was not hitting four a game, you know, four or five a game. You know, if Lindy goes cold, you know, you just got to wonder who's going to be the go-to guy in the paint. Can, you know, relying on Cam McGriff, I, I think if they can get McGriff in the paint to the foul line, I feel a lot better than him shooting four or five outside shots a game. Um, Michael Weathers is a huge guy here, I think, in this game. He, he's a guy that, like we talked about on Sunday, I don't think they beat Charleston if he's not in the game. So you can yeah. see the impact that he has. And I, I expect him to come off the bench probably in this one and get big minutes again, um, spelling Isaac Likely from, you know, and he's averaging three turnovers a game. Isaac Likely is. So I, I would expect to see Michael Weathers running a little bit more point to try and have a little bit more ball control. And we'll sure. see what happens. Uh, I think Oklahoma State, if they win, it's going to be close. But I'm not, I'm not going to say definitively that I think Oklahoma State will win this game. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, and, you know, the turnovers for likely, like that's, he's a true that's freshman. A freshman. That's, that's, gonna that's a freshman thing. That's okay. Um, it's it, three is not great, but it's not terrible. Um, I do think Weathers is going to be kind of the, the he's going to be the, the factor of whether OSU wins this. If he comes out and is lights out and performs really well, OSU has a great shot right. to win and to, to go maybe two and one in this tournament. If Weathers is, if, if last week, their last performance was just kind of a one-off and he's still trying to find himself after, you know, being suspended for a period of time. I, I don't know how well they do. I also think, you know, Michael Cunningham is still hasn't been announced whether he, whether or not he's going to play in this game. I think having that senior presence at point guard, even if he's just coming off the bench, uh, would be huge for this team. It's having another ball handler who's got experience, who, who isn't going to have the turnover issues that likely is. And being able to get him minutes and reduce Likely's time on the floor is going to be would be really really big for them, right here. Again, don't know if if he's going to play. Everything I've seen says he's continuing to increase the the amount of work he's doing in practice. But but Boynton is taking it you know day by day as he recovers from that hamstring injury. So if he plays, if if Cunningham is able to get in this game. I do think the the impact from him and Weathers is enough that I might lean more OSU, but I, I that's it's a big, big if. Yeah, I'm kind of staying I'm staying pretty neutral on this one right now until I see if you know who's going to be starting for one, but two, if Mike Cunningham can play. If Mike Cunningham can play, I really think Oklahoma State can win this game, but because that just adds a little bit more guard depth and some seniority to just how young this team is. And I think that's going to be a huge difference. But I'm, I'm waiting a little bit more to maybe be definitive until that happens. And this is going to be a, good, a big test for a young team. Um, and, if, you know, they win this game, presumably they'll play Villanova. And even though Villanova is not the team they were the last two or three years, they're still a very talented bunch. And that's going to be a big yeah. test for this team as well. 
Agree. You know, there's an interesting question to ask for OSU in this tournament. Um, if you look at the teams in it, uh, along with OSU, Memphis, Villanova, there's there's Canisius, Charleston, who OSU's already beaten UAB, and then there's LSU and Florida State. And presumably, if, if OSU gets past Memphis, you, you would expect them not to beat Villanova. And then they're probably going to face the LSU or Florida State, who would also be favored over Oklahoma State. Right. And I'm not saying they couldn't pull off an upset in one of those games when they beat Florida State last year, and they probably shouldn't have. But you're staring at a situation where if OSU wins its openers, it's more likely to go one and two in the tournament That's than anything point. else. So, and I know this sounds weird and terrible because you never want to root for your team to lose, but what's more beneficial in the long run? Going one and two and playing three good teams and having two good losses or going two and one, losing your opener to Memphis and playing two teams that you're going to beat them, but maybe their RPI isn't going to be as high and it's not going to be as impactful. But from a record standpoint, it's two wins out of here instead of one. Well, apparently, according to Joe Lenardi, uh, Oklahoma State didn't give themselves enough opportunities to lose last year. So maybe they lose going one and two in this tournament will actually benefit their tournament hopes, ironically enough. Oh, yeah. No, then you're right. They need to they need to lose to better teams instead of beating worse teams. Got it. All right. Yeah. It's a good philosophy to follow. Com- completely follow that line of logic. Absolutely not. Whatever. <laughs> um, before we wrap up here, let's make a, let's make some predictions for the TCU game. We kind of skipped over it, but we'll, we'll circle back for a second. Um, what uniforms are they wearing and give me a final score. I think score wise, I think OSU is playing better at this point in the season. I think Baylor was the outlier of an improved team since the bye week. So I will take OSU to win um, something like 24-13 would be my score. I'll go with 24-13 Oklahoma State. As far as uniforms, hmm. Uh, Night game, prime time on Fox. Uh, I'll go Ed Hardy helmet. Um, I know that makes you cringe a little bit. White jersey, black pants. Okay. Um, yeah, I was kind of thinking about this one and I'm going to say, I think this one's just going to be an ugly game just because how good TCU's defense is. Um, but then again, their offense isn't really good either. So it'll be kind of, it'll be an interesting watch, but I'm going to take Oklahoma state 30 to 17 and then jerseys. I would, I, I know they've already done it this year, but I would love to see them pull out the all whites again. Yeah, they usually only do that once a season. I know. I said I would love to see that again, but instead of having like the chrome brand that we saw earlier this year, I want to see the full, the uh, giant pistol Pete head. Mm. Have they broken that icy white Pete in a while? They haven't done it this year. I could see white, white, black. Oh, I think that would look good too. I mean, it would look good. I I feel like it's going to be black, white, black, but I could see, I could see white, white, black this week with. Yeah, with an icy helmet. I'm good with that, but you know, hopefully this that we are right. And Oklahoma State goes seven and five, and you know, and and get to the end of the season. It, you know, it's been an interesting one, but that would be a, you know to end the year winning two consecutive games. That's a good high note to end on. Hey, considering where they were at the bye week, this team finishing seven and five would be a win after Absolutely. that Kansas State loss. If you asked anyone, if you that they thought Oklahoma State would go seven and five, they were, you know, at the end of the season. I don't think anyone would have believed you. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I think that wraps this one up. And I know you gotta you gotta finish up work, and then you gotta drive. So we'll uh, we'll get out of here. Where can everyone follow you on Twitter? 
Uh, you can follow me personally at OKTXAR Pope. Uh, you can also follow my show, the 1012 Podcast, on Twitter at the number 10, the number 12, the word podcast. That's available on SoundCloud and iTunes. All right. You can follow me at JT Penfield. Be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys.RFF. We'll have all sorts of stuff up for the rest of the week, hopefully, with uh, TCU and then a couple basketball games. So take care, everyone. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and we will talk to everyone after the game uh, this weekend.